AV team, sound guys, film. We get served every week by people here, people upstairs, people in hospitality. So I just want to thank everybody for how they serve me, us, as a family. And, um, you know, people of God are people who encourage others, amen? And thank people and a spirit of appreciation always lifts, it never pulls down. And so let's be people of appreciation this year more and more and take the time to just say thank you. Take the time. You know, people get here very early on Sunday morning to serve firstly God and then this family because we're a family. And uh, so I just want to thank everyone that serves here. Um, I know he smiles, and it's just awesome to be part of a family that loves him. I, uh, you know, we were <laughs> going to be starting a Matthew series and going through the book of Matthew, and we will do that, but during holiday, the Holy Spirit just has to speak to me about love. And really, the entire scriptures are, are based on love, from the start, the middle, the beginning, the beginning, the middle, and the start, and everything in between. It's all based on love, which means it's all based on him. And the more we know him, the more we live like him. The more we receive love, the more we walk in love and are able to demonstrate agape love, which is heavenly love. And, you know, so often we think, yeah, 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 I know he loves me, I know he loves me. Let's move on and let's get into the action. (laughs) Yep, and that's cool too. But everything must be defined through the substance of God, which is love. And love completes us, love heals us, love restores us, and love is God. And uh, this morning, uh, just before I fully fly into this message, um, I just want to remind us, here's the invitations that we've created that you can hand out to people, which is about Ian, and uh, it says this, Is there life after death? Ian McCormick was pronounced clinically dead for 20 minutes after being stung by five box jellyfish and awoke to find his body being tagged in the mortuary in the hospital. Come and listen to one of the most powerful stories you will ever hear and find out what Ian discovered is on the other side of this physical life. You know, Madeline and I, uh, before Christmas, we were just outside Countdown and we went and asked for permission if we could hand out flyers to the Christmas party. And they said, yep, fill your boots. It's a family thing. Awesome. So we stood outside there for an hour after the service and just handed out this type of thing, but it was to the Christmas party, and just spoke to people about it a little bit. It's not that hard. Yes, some people said no. Yes, some people ignored us. But you know, a whole lot of people listened and took an invite. So I want to encourage you more and more this year. You know, one of our values is evangelism, isn't it? And values are what define us as a family. Vision is awesome, but it's really the value that we hold to. We have six values here, family, intimacy, leadership, lordship, evangelism, and discipleship filled. It's quite a nice, easy thing to remember. And this is what we are to embody as a people. They're not things that are to stay there. They're to be pillars within us that we actually live out. And, you know, so often in the church, I love this joke, what, what do the lost in the church I have in common, they both hate evangelism. <laughs> but, uh, you know, evangelism, or the word evangelist, is in the living scriptures. And it's not a word to be hated. It's not a word to be feared of. All it means is good news. And this man is a man that carries incredible news about a father and a love that he discovered from being an atheist. And so can I encourage you to take some of these. Be bold this year. Even if you just leave it on a table and run, <laughs> that's more than what you did maybe last year. And pray like mad, because God is the one that draws. It's not on us to save anybody. It's not on us to convert anybody. It's on the Holy Spirit's role. So we can relax and just invite. And if you get a no, that's not too bad, is it? But you've asked. All right. Well, we're going to talk about DNA. This morning. Who knows how many people know what DNA stands for? Yell it out if you know. Say it again. 
Woo, pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. See if I can say it. Deoxyribonucleic acid. Yeah. A self, listen to this. A self-replicating material. Can you like that? A self-replicating material which is present in nearly all living organism, organisms as the main constitute of chromosomes. It is the carrier of genetic information. The main role of DNA in the cell is the long-term storage of information and is sometimes called the molecule of life. The main role of DNA in the cell is the long-term storage of information and is sometimes called the molecule of life. The D, deoxyribo, if we can put the next slide up, guys. Nucleic acid. Do you know what it really stands for? Awesome. It stands for this, divine nature of Abba. <laughs> we can put that up beside it if we can. That would be awesome, guys. DNA, divine nature of Abba. How do you like that? Now, if you think about that through this, the role of DNA in the cell is long-term storage of information. What's contained in the nature of God for us? The nature of God is love. What is contained through revelation, what is the storage, what is the knowledge, what is the information that's contained in DNA that God wants us to know? Sometimes called the molecule of life. Well, it is the answer to life. And what about this? It's a self-replicating material which is present in nearly all living organisms. It's a carrier of genetic information. Who are we to be like? The Father. So when I'm born, I'm born of a natural DNA, correct? But my identity doesn't come from that place. Although I may look like my mother and father because that's genetic code, genetic information, I get a brand new DNA when I get born again. So no longer is my old life to hold me back. No longer is the actions of my parents, what they did, what they didn't do, the words that they said, the words that they didn't say. All that is gone. That's old DNA. When I get born again of love, I get a brand new genetic code. And it replicates itself. So Jesus, when he came and he died from love, he then replicated himself because the seed went down into the ground, it died, and it spread seeds of DNA, love. That you and I would know a love that's so rich that it changes us in a heartbeat. Do you know love can change you in a moment in time if you receive it through the power of revelation? The substance of love, why? Because God is love. He is the embodiment of of love. He is the manifested demonstration on the earth of love. That's who Jesus was. He encompasses love. He is the source of love. He is the substance. He is love. The DNA, divine nature of our Father is love, for God is love. That is powerful. And love gave its life his life for you and I, that we would know love and then be able to love like love. To be completely set free from all our junk, our gunk, our stuff, and then be able to love another person like he does. That's good news, isn't it? That's worth getting excited for this year, isn't it? That we would know, and that's why I pray that you would receive because you have to receive this. You have to get vulnerable. You have to get naked. You have to get exposed. You have to take off the old garments if you're still wearing them to put new garments on, don't you? You have to flick off the old shoes to put the new shoes on. You can't put the old and the new on. It doesn't work. God wants to give us some fancy new shoes this year. He wants to give us some fancy new garments. He wants to clothe us. Now we're clothed, but he wants to clothe us with DNA, divine nature of Abba, in us. Because he is the embodiment of love, man. And his love knows no boundaries. Do you know that? It knows no 
boundaries. It goes beyond physical boundaries. It goes beyond culture. It goes beyond sex, gender issues. It goes beyond these things that hold us. It goes beyond our self-righteous judgment and just turns up right in your face and says, here I am. And it runs the risk of being ridiculed by everyone else that doesn't know it. It runs the risk of being judged for love. It runs the risk of being ridiculed and put down and misunderstood and misrepresented. Why? Because it can, because it's love. And that's the Father, for God is love. And God said, I want my nature in my people. Love. But not human love, because human love can't go beyond. Human love isn't capable of going where agape is. Human love stops at a certain point because lust gets in the way. Or judgment or behavior, someone else's behavior, what they do or they don't do or the mistakes they make, lust can't go beyond that when that's bigger than what it knows. But the Father's love, DNA love, the divine nature that goes beyond that, it's not even an issue, it just walks right past it and says, I am. Who wants to receive it? But Lord, I've done this. Yeah, don't mind but Lord, I did this, doesn't matter. But Lord, I've done this, doesn't matter. But Lord, you know, five years ago, it doesn't matter. But Lord, I killed someone, yep, saw that. And I slept with someone, yep, saw that. And then I did this, this, yep, saw that too, but here I am. And I stand right in front of you. I bypass all that stuff, and here I am. It can be really hard to receive it at times, can't it? You know, when we gave out $10 about four years ago, which means we gave about $5,000 over a pair of two hours here at garages around the city, at Shell Garages. Some people had a real hard time receiving $10 for nothing. In fact, one man got incredibly angry with me and said, I don't need your effing charity. I said, okay, <laughs> that's cool. Some of us have issues receiving love. Because we get our mind in the way and our behavior gets in the way and we start judging ourselves and we do something that God doesn't do. Which is incredibly sad, isn't it? That you do something that God doesn't do. His love, he knows no boundaries. I'm so thankful in my own life that my stupidity and my decisions and my thinking didn't determine his love for me. He determined his love for me. You are good, good. Do you know how good he is? I hope you get a revelation of how good he is. See, one of the things we tend to do, we tend to separate God from love. And we put God over here and we go, well, I'm looking for this thing called love. And I know you need God. No, 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 you don't understand. I've got God. I'm looking for love. No, God is love. He's the embodiment of love. And we do that all the time with different things. We separate. We go, I'm looking for patience. No, you need love. But I'm looking for joy. No, you need love. No, no, I need peace. No, you need love. Don't separate God. He's the God of one. So yes, although you can look at love, joy, peace, kindness, and separately look at them, but they revert back to one. Can you see? This is what you need to see. This needs to be positioned. I pray that my church would hear God is one. So these are, these are aspects of God. They're part of his nature, but they return back to the substance, which is God. God is one. This is why you keep it nice and simple. We want to complicate it from it being simple. And Paul said, I'm afraid that you've been led astray in your minds from what this is really all about. You've been led astray from the simplicity of just knowing love. So I send my son who is love, who is the manifestation of love, and he comes and he touches you, and you can smell him, and you can hear him, and you can eat with him. Touch my hands, touch my side. I am the manifestation, I'm the demonstration of the Father. I'm the perfect representation of DNA. Wow. See, God did not leave us on our own and our stuff. Let's go to Romans. Five, and I know Sandra last week touched on a little bit of this, but I'm just going to expand it a bit more. And this is where we're going to land 
most of this and also in John. And we're just going to see some things here which I hope we can capture the divine nature of Father because this will change us. And it's in verse 6. So Romans 5, verse 6. For while we were still helpless. Good place to start. Your absolute need for Jesus. One of the most empowering things that has changed my life is when the Holy Spirit showed me how helpless I was. My absolute inability and my absolute dependency on God to change me and my inability to change myself. And he shows me my sin and iniquity. He showed it. He actually revealed it. And this is why we all need revelation because you can't get this unless the Holy Spirit reveals it. You will never understand this in your mind first. You have to understand it in your spirit, which is the place of the heart. And so Jesus revealed how helpless I was. Now, I sort of knew it through the dumb decisions that I'd made. I'd come to the end of myself, and he showed me how helpless. He showed me that I was not good. He showed me that by nature I am evil. See, we struggle with this because we all think we're good because we haven't had a revelation of how evil we are. You who know how to give good gifts, you who are evil, how every thought you have from youth is evil. No, you're calling me evil. No, the Holy Spirit is. I'm just repeating what the words of the book say. God says we're evil. Don't take it up with me, take it up with him. He's got a bigger gun than me. You see, God showed me how helpless I was, how evil the sin and iniquity that was in me. But then he actually starts to show you love. And see, on the flip side of this coin, he then shows you who you are in him. He doesn't leave you in that place. If God leaves you in that place, that's a place of despair, man. Man, I'm the scum of the earth, nothing here. Love you, leave you there. No, no, on the other side of that coin, he starts to reveal who he is, and that while you're in that state, I came for you, Greg. And now I'm going to show you who you are in me. I'm going to give you a brand new nature. So yes, you have a fallen DNA. You do not have the divine nature. You have a sinful nature, and that needs to be saved by my power. You can't save yourself. You can't change yourself. You can't build yourself. I don't know why we continue to think we can. I don't know why as leaders we think we can build the church. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot build ourselves. Otherwise, we don't need the Holy Spirit. So he says, Greg, you need a brand new nature. I've got an incredible plan. My spirit's going to come and live in you, and you're going to have a DNA. You're going to have a divine nature of the Father. And then the Spirit's going to cry out to the Father. The Holy Spirit's going to cry out. You're not going to cry out. The Holy Spirit's going to come into your spirit and then cry out. Love. Love. And he goes on. He says this. While you are still helpless, at the right time. <laughs> what was your right time, bro? When did you get saved? 99, 2000. Mine was 1997. You heard this? 10 a.m the right time. Everything's in God's time. We cannot get saved unless God draws us. We did not choose God. Don't mistake yourself. You think you choose God, he chose you. He led you to that place. You cannot save yourself. He draws us through love in his time. This is where there's so much of a release of rest comes. Guys, if you're a parent and you're stressing about your kids, Stop. Why waste all that time, energy, and resource and worry and anxiousness on a child when they're his child? Why don't you take that and smash it into prayer and live a life of rest? 
Don't worry about a loved one. Can you hear what I'm saying? In a negative way that's destructive, that keeps you bound up in fear and worry and anxiety. Oh, they're going to go to hell, heaven. It's up to him. Model a life that children want to see and go, who do you know? Because you live different from all the other parents. And pray like mad. Because God draws whoever he has chosen in his timing, which means we can then rest in the fact and do what he's asked us to do, which is pray and share, but not worry and be bound up and anxious, and that's where we get consumed. That's a loss, loss for both parties, isn't it? And that doesn't matter who it is, father, son, friend, neighbor, We should spend more time in prayer than we do about anything else. And activate the Father. Here we go. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for us. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man, Someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love, see, his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But God demonstrates his own love for us, that yet while we were sinners. See, this is a love that loves beyond behavior. So often we go this, well, I'll love you if you behave like that. I'm waiting for your behavior to align until I love you. Do you know that's fleshly? That's lust. See, God's love, see, his own love has the ability, while you were still sinners, while none of our behavior, none of the nature that we had aligned to him, he came and loved You hear what I'm saying? He goes beyond our nature, our fallen nature. He goes beyond our behavior. He goes right past and says, oh, yeah, that's ugly. And he comes right here in front of you and says, I love you as you are. When I got this in 97, it broke me. I was broken by love. I surrendered to love, not a dictator. I've never known that God. People talk about, what are you talking about? Who are you talking about? God. That's not God. That's your version of God. That's not God. God is not a dictator. He's a loving Father. And you need to know, we need to know what love is, because yes, there is discipline inside love, but don't confuse discipline with punishment. It's not. It's a discipline. And God will discipline all those that he loves for the benefit of those he loves. So an angry God, that's not God. Even the God of the Old Testament is a God of love. When you understand the context, it's just so important, you see it's a God of love. He's the same God. But see, what we do is we read it through our own mind and come up with a false God. And then that has us going back and we're afraid of the God that's coming after us. Isn't that the picture in the Garden of Eden? He's chasing after Adam. He's not going, see you, Adam, leave you and your stuff. No, he's proactive. He never reacts. He's always coming. The woman at the well in John 4, he's the one that starts the conversation. Love always enters in to the fallen world. He enters into it. So for us, we are to enter into this fallen world. We're not of it, but we're to enter into it to see everybody saved, that the Father is drawing. It's powerful, eh? See, this is what love does, His love, not my human love. That can take me so far, but it is not His love. Human love loves with conditions. I know that's hard to receive, maybe at times, because we think, well, I can love a child unconditionally. No, you can't. You actually can't, and your life will reflect it when their behavior or another person doesn't stack up. So the first truth, I love that. I was going to put point, and the Holy Spirit said, no, it's a truth. It's not a point, it's a truth. 
You're going to have two truths today. <laughs> the love of our Father is not based on our fallen nature or our behavior, but on who He is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And I pray you get revelation of this stuff. Because I, I know, I know, I have conversations and people still struggle with their past. They still struggle. You know, I've not struggled with shame my entire life as a follower. Never. Because I receive love. Now, that is different to having a conviction of a behavior that doesn't align. And then I confess that because I'm already forgiven. So I don't ask for forgiveness. I just confess my sin. He's already forgiven it. So the purpose is to confess it before my father. But I've never struggled with shame for stuff that I've done because of love. I got a revelation in 1997 of the power of love that he showed me. Greg, your nature, your behavior doesn't disqualify you of me. <laughs> yeah, man. Does that mean I continue in it, God? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not an excuse to continue living as you have lived. It's a covering so you can actually receive it while you take off your garments and put on the new. Because there's going to be an unveiling and uncovering where you're going to stand naked while I redress you. And then you just walk in love. Walk in the manner in which Jesus walked, which was Love. Man, he is good. Let me just finish in Romans and then we'll move on. In verse 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood. And I love that saying, just as if you've never sinned. We're all born with this iniquity and sin. We're sinners saved by his power, justified by blood made right or righteous in his eyes, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through Christ. That's good news, isn't it? That we're not going to face the white throne judgment seat for our sin and iniquity because God, Jesus, has removed it from us. We will face a judgment for reward of how we've lived our life, but we will not face the wrath of God. And that's still love. That is love. And mankind has opportunity to turn continuously. And this is why we must be a people that have an evangelistical nature, who have a heart for people. All it means, I just think, is reaching out. If that scares you, that word, just think it's just you reaching out and showing love. See, Jesus demonstrated his love by coming. And then he went to a cross and demonstrated it, but he demonstrated it all the time while he was living. When he turned up with the Pharisees, sorry, when, uh, with the tax people and the, the prostitutes, he's demonstrating love. He's being persecuted, misunderstood by all the religious people, pointed the finger at, who do you think you are? Look at him. If he was a prophet, blah, 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 blah. See, love is able to love on that. Love doesn't get angry with that and start pointing the finger back. Same spirit thing. Love is able to love on that because love can see the brokenness of someone in a people group living like that. That's why Jesus was able to say, Father, forgive them for killing me even though I gave my life for love because they do not know what they're doing. Literally, when we live not to that standard, it's because we don't know who we are. When someone hurts you, it's because they don't know who they are. And when you hurt them back, it's because you don't know who you are either. You're responding out of your old nature instead of the divine ever nature, which is love. And hence we must receive love through the power of the Spirit, Ephesians 3, 14 to, 14 to 19. So then we can actually cover someone else's sin or lust, or their action, or their behavior, or when their nature manifests itself. <laughs> what is that? You see, when you squeeze a disciple, what is to come out? The fruit of the Spirit, which is love, not that. 
If I squeeze an apple, apple juice. I squeeze an orange, orange juice. If I squeeze you, love. So if blah comes out, someone's still living. It should have been dead at baptism. You got up again. Get down. That's why they put a tank on me and masks and, you know, two cylinders on the back. We need down there some more for about three hours. There's a lot to die. <laughs> Look at this, man. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled. Wow. Reconciled to God through the death of his son. Hey, read this. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. See, this is the start. At the receiving of love is the start. And now we're going to come into this brand new born again life. I'm going to give you a brand new nature. I'm going to give you my nature. And inside my nature and love, there's all this information. It's revelation. Because inside me, I hold the answers to every mystery and every thought and every act of knowledge. Colossians 2, 2 to 4. Colossians 2, 2 to verse 4. Inside love, the sum is everything you want to know. And God is love. And the Son is God and the God is the Son. This is cool, eh? And so as we grow, how much more? See, so often we're just sitting at the cross and the cross is awesome. But the guy, he rose again. And we're to live a life through the cross. You see, we can, not, we can worship the cross. We can worship his death so much we forget about his life. And he didn't die for us to worship his death. He died that we would have his life, love in us. And our behavior and our nature don't get in the way of that. Someone needs to hear that today. The guilt of your past doesn't get in the way of that. Shame, gone. Fear, gone. What you did five minutes ago, gone. The thought you had, gone. Love covers. Love comes. Love is propelled to come. Love can't help itself. Have you discovered that? Love will put itself in situations and it will be killed for it because it loves the person or the people group that it comes to. That's what was modeled, isn't it? That's what we are to replicate, isn't it? But you can't if you haven't received love. We have to continue to receive and be perfected in love, which is God. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We will come short And here's the thing, please don't tell yourself you can't because you're only human. That is demonic wisdom right there. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You speak that death over yourself, you're speaking death into your own reality. When we receive our brand new nature, we get born again with the nature of heaven. We are not just human. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's where you need to land the plane on that one, not in I can do all things. So you say it like this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The flesh tends to flip it around. So you get these people who don't think it's possible and you get the people running around trying to change the world. And both positions are extreme and wrong. Because Jesus does all the work in us. Amen. The second truth, his love covers while the law condemns. His love covers while the law condemns. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Because love covers a multitude of sin. We're going to look at John 8, and we'll know this well, but there's some really cool things here to pick up on. And I think we do this and we don't even realize we do it. I reckon we uncover people all the time. The mistakes they make, 
because it offends us. So you might get offended by something you read or something that's written down, something someone says, and they're making a genuine mistake. They don't mean it, they make a mistake. And our first action isn't to cover that and ask a question, it's to blab. And it's to tell everybody because we've been offended by what they said that was not even intentional, it was just a mistake. This is why you never judge self-righteously because love covers. Ask a question before you make a judgment. I reckon 99% of the issues that the church has is just miscommunication. (laughs) But someone grabs it and goes, you know what they did, you know what they said, and I'm out of here, Jack. And you know what they do? Then they spew that over everybody else and they defile everybody else they come into. It's called gossiping which is not part of the divine nature of Abba. It's the divine nature of man. This is make sure you don't come short of the grace of God, the power of God. Why? So no root of bitterness enters into you, and by that you start defiling everybody. So not even the person, but other people who are innocent people. Oh, do you know what so-and-so did? And you know what? It's not even true. That's scary, isn't it? Especially if we're going to be held account to every word we've said. So we need to rein that in. Ask a question before you get on an email. Ask a question before you take to whatever. And see if it is actually the truth. Because you know what? You'll remove a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of hurt. And I don't know, when you try and put that back together, sometimes it never gets put back together. So love covers be fervent in your love for one another and cover. And just what Jesus did in John 8 for this woman. So John 8 verses 1. John 8, 1. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery And having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. See how love exposes someone. Sorry, lust exposes someone. See how the law, why didn't they just deal with her where they found her? Now, one, they were trying to, yeah, they were, they were trying to kid fool Jesus, but at the same time, see, love would cover it. But no, they've got to expose it. They've got to embarrass the woman. They've got to make mockery out of her. They've got to put her in front of everybody because they bring her into the temple. Look what she did. See, they don't have love, so they can't cover. So all they know is lust, so they do what lust does. They do what humanity does because there's not something greater in them because they've got this law And yet, in their law and in their head, this is worthy of death, isn't it? See how love can go beyond law because Jesus is the embodiment of the law. And there's a new law when he turned up. It's called the law of love. And I'm not excusing sin. And we're going to look at that because the last statement he says to her, he says, go away and sin no more. He is not excusing love. The, the, the law, and he's not excusing his sin. He's the embodiment of it. He's covering it in the hope, because love hopes all things, doesn't it? Believes all things. It endures all things, and it bears all things that someone would understand what love is and change. This is powerful stuff. But see, these men, scribes and Pharisees, they don't have it in them. And so they bring her into the open, and they expose her. And they think they're doing the right thing. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? They were saying this, testing him, so that it might have grounds for accusing him. So there's such wickedness, isn't it? There's multiple motives going on here. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her taking us back to Romans 5. While we were all ungodly, Christ came. May we never be found self-righteously judging somebody. 
for their behavior or their iniquity or their actions when we are of the same. Otherwise, you will be judged in accordance to the way you judge. Now, there is judgment, meaning discernment. That is not self-righteous judgment. So we are called to judge the church, meaning the discernment of where we're going, are we growing, where we're really at. That is very different from self-righteous judgment, which condemns and kills. We say, oh, we're not to judge in the church. Yes, we are. But we need to know the context to which the Bible speaks, and we need to have understanding and wisdom so we don't do what we're not called to do and the thing we're supposed to be doing we don't get found not doing. We are to know the truth, and we are to know where we are at as an individual. And as elders, we are to have a general idea of where our flock is at. Otherwise, how do we shepherd you? But we all need ears to hear and a heart to know that's humble and no love, if that's truly going to be outworked through a process of change and transformation, otherwise we may get highly offended, which is back to lust again because we don't know love. See, love enables so many things. Love enables humility. Love enables someone to come and actually say to you the truth and you not rip their head off. Even if they're wrong, love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers the opposite. Can you see? See how powerful this is? This is an indestructible life. This is a life of power that nothing can touch it because the substance that's in the vessel is full of power because Jesus is the power, Jesus is love, God is love, God is power. It's just called Christ in us, the hope of glory, which we looked at for six months of last year. And we're looking at again. This is what love enables and enables us to live I love that. You who have thought the, you know, who is without sin. Again, he stooped down, verse 8, and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone, and the woman where she was in the center of the court. That's what I love about him. He's now joined her in her unveiling. <laughs> He's not afraid. He's not afraid to be seen with people that religious people go, ugh. He's not afraid because he knows who he is. See, love goes and love covers and love can. And it puts up with all the religious spirits that hate it. In the name of God, too. It's hideous. Absolute hideous. The way the church judges itself and judges one another in a self-righteous judgment because we don't yet know love and we don't know what we're ultimately saved from and we don't know what we're saved for. So we have no reference point for our own sin and iniquity. All we're looking at is someone else's behavior and going, ooh, don't want to be like that. Ooh, never did that. You may not have done that, but in this context, you're doing this. And that is no different to that. Watching a really cool program at the moment called Bride and Prejudice. It's fascinating. You can laugh. I'd say go watch it because if you want to learn love, go watch it. Okay? There are these people and they're in situations and there's a gay couple. There's a, there's a 39-year-old lady who's fallen in love with a 20-year-old guy. There's uh, another couple that the guy's had multiple affairs on the girl and he's been an alcoholic. And all these stuff, and they're trying to work on their relationship, but their parents and their family are having a really hard time. And, you know, I get it because, you know, some people have been hurt quite badly and there's different belief systems in the uh, gay female couple. Their father is a Christian. This is wrong! Is that true? Yeah. Is he demonstrating love? No. Why? Because he can't. See, this is our challenge. And please hear me. I am not saying homosexuality is right. It is not. And I'm not saying, but what we do is we measure it all. And this is what we maybe don't have the ability to do is be full of grace and truth. Or when we're full of truth... Here it comes, in love. No, in lust. Whack. 
We need to be full of grace. The Bible is very explicit and it's ordered. Grace and truth. The law came through Moses. Jesus was full. Grace and truth came through Jesus. So how would Christ deal with that situation in love and in truth? That's what we have to figure out. And I tell you, the parents and the friends are having a really hard time. Now, most of them are I'd say non-Christian. So I understand that. They don't have the capacity to love unconditionally in the situation. But we are called to because we're called to have the capacity to love on what's not lovely. We're called to have the capacity to love on a behavior and a nature that's evil without saying, no, no, the truth is no longer the truth. That's an art form through relationship. And you'll only know how to do it if you know him and know love because no one can teach you that. Give me the four-step model. Should I do this? Should I? I've had questions like this. Should I go to uh, a homosexual marriage? Because if I go along, that's supporting the marriage. No, not necessarily. Who says? Everyone else that's looking at me, what do you care about them for? Are you in the fear of them? What's going on in your own heart? What's Jesus saying to you in your own heart? He's hanging out with tax collectors. He's hanging out with prostitutes. What are people saying about that? Oh, he's supporting gay marriage now. He's supporting this. He's No, he wasn't, was he? No, he was going because love goes beyond behavior, beyond nature, because he wants to see people set free from their stuff that causes a whole lot of stuff. And he's so much bigger than that. Are we? So often we point fingers. Oh, don't go into there. Don't go into there. Why not? That's where lost people are. That's where Jesus went. Oh, but, 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 yeah, well, but, but listen to the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit guiding you there? Then go. If he's not, then no. But see, what we do is because we don't have the substance, when we look at the behavior of nature, we go, oh, no. And what's fascinating in this program, the children are almost begging their parents. Because there's this connection, and yet there's a struggle. And we have to see the root, not the behavior. Jesus looks at the root. He goes beyond, and he sees what's causing the behavior, and he speaks to the root. We're so fascinated about behavior, or lust is. But love looks and says, what's the real issue here? And it's able to because... He is love, and this is what's happening with this lady, and he comes right in. Imagine he's standing in the temple. I don't mean all the other guys have left. What were the other people thinking? Oh, look at him. You see that in Simon, don't you? Oh, if you knew who she was. Ugh. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Verse 10, straightening up, Jesus said to the woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? What do we say? What was the point? Love covers, it doesn't condemn. She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now on, sin no more. How cool is that? He's not saying that's all good. He's encouraging her with love and words, hey, change, seek. Don't be found in this place. Why? Because it's bad for me? No, because it's bad for you. This isn't who you were created to be. You were created to be this. Before the foundations of the earth, I chose you for this. I want to give you a brand new DNA. I want to give you my Father's nature. I'm about to go to the cross and lay my life down that you can have a brand new life, not a life that you were maybe born with and into here because that's all you knew and that was the environment you grew up in. Never judge someone. Who ever knows? Heaven knows whatever happens to someone at a very early age or an environment where all they know is this environment, so they are cultured. I'm not saying that's not in here, but it's around them. And then you meet them at 20, and who knows where they've come from? But God does, and God can give you an eye insight into that and his love to then love in a way that doesn't demand conditions and time. So, oh, well, I love you for six months, but if the six months runs out, then see you later, Jack. Because that's all i got capacity for. No, no, love knows no bounds. Love knows no boundaries. It's endless, man. If he treated us like that, we are in trouble. 
the first time I stuffed up, I said to him, Lord, this is the sixth time now I said this and I did the opposite and you're still here? Yeah, and I'd do it for the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, till you got it, if you ever did, Greg. So thankful I did. I was pretty slow, but I received love in 1997. And he says, go away, lady, don't do it anymore. And then he believes all things, doesn't he? He doesn't send her to a discipleship class. Because ultimately, he's trusting in his father. Love always calls out and believes in the potential. Law always points out the obvious. Love always calls out and believes in the potential. Law always points out the obvious. His love doesn't excuse our nature or behavior, but it covers it so we can change. Receive it, man, the fullness of it. Because it's there for transformation. And that's what we do, don't we, for one another? So he says, what was that scripture in 1 Peter? Above all, keep fervent love for one another. See how it's transitioning now? He's going from God to us. He's going from us to one another. Because when this is strong, this is strong. When this is weak, this is weak. So this is the substance of being able to love one another. If we don't have this, we will not be able to do this because that is the substance of being able to love unconditionally. We will get found out when our humanity, our human love tries to love on a behavior that's doing our head in. But that's not how he loves us, thankfully. (laughs) So I hope you received him today. I hope you receive a nugget of that. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are love. You are the embodiment of love, and you love us unconditionally. Your love is patient, it's kind, it's gentle, it bears all things, Father. You hope all things for us. Even when Peter denied you, Lord, you still believed and you spoke life into him, and you called him to be the Peter of Acts, Father. So, I thank you for that, and I thank you that's for us too. Thank you that we don't get separated from your love because of our actions, our behavior, our nature but we receive you more and more through this process of transformation through the Holy Spirit. Thank you in Jesus' name.